Welcome to the Booze Filled, the Spirit Filled podcast. This is your host, Jamel Godlewski. Today on this podcast, I am interviewing Lindsay Brown. Lindsay Brown is a 20-year-old from Kendallville, Indiana. I would consider her to be a good friend, but I will have her introduce herself. Hello, everyone. Yes, my name is Lindsay, and I know Jamel through dance, actually. Her her daughter and I used to dance together for several years. I'm a, going to be a junior at IU Fort Wayne, and I'm studying dental hygiene. Um, I'm currently involved with the Miss America organization and will be giving up my title of Miss Limberlost this weekend. And I'm an only child, and I love to spend time on the lake. Perfect. Can you guys believe this? I'm interviewing someone that was in the Miss Indiana pageant. How cool is that? <laughs> And anybody that knows me knows that is not something that you would expect out of Jamel. But the reason I invited Lindsay was I remember Lindsay when she was younger and she was very shy and not very outgoing. And then as I got to know her and know her story from middle school, it's amazing. So in her pageant work, she's developed a social impact Is that what it's called? Social impact? Yeah, social impact initiative. There we go. And what I love about it is basically it's really addressing the issue of bullying. Those of you that know me know that I work with youth and know that bullying is an issue. And that's and one of the things I always tell kids, and this is kind of where we're going to start here, Lindsay, is I always tell kids that we want to point at the school and the adults that aren't doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. And what I've come up with is that it's not going to go away. Bullying's not going to go away. And so maybe the best thing to do is to try to teach these kids, what do you do if this is happening to you? So tell me, like, how did you start this platform? And like, what are some of the things that you've had to do even in your teenage years, going into your adult years as coping? Like, how do you cope with bullying and what are some of the ramifications of that? Yeah, so my sixth grade year of elementary school, I was bullied severely to the extent of suicide. Uh, I was called names, I was kicked, and I would just tell my parents that my bruises came from dance and all of the things. And a lot of people didn't know that I was struggling with that. And my breaking point was the day that I told everybody on the school bus that I was going to kill myself. And it initially, it immediately sparked me having to cope with things because I was pulled off the school bus and the dean of the school at the time was like, Lindsay, you have to go home and tell your parents, like, we're not going to tell them for you. And so immediately I had to start coping with being able to say that out loud and admitting what I had gone through. And since then, I mean, I've gotten to a point where I've been able to cope good enough that I would probably thank my bully for what they've done to me. But it's been a lot of growing through my faith. I didn't really grow up in a in a family that was really Christian based um, and talked about God a lot. And so finding my faith the past year has definitely helped me cope um, in journaling. I know that's right. kind of a random thing, but like bullet journaling, just how you feel um, and talking to people about that, I think is really helpful. And, you know, I listen to podcasts a lot right. now too. And I think that helps with coping to listen to people that have gone through something similar that you have to know that you're not alone and whatever it is that you're facing. Yeah, I think that like when I talk with kids, because I wasn't really bullied. I mean, I was made fun of, but it wasn't like legit bullying. But that first thing you said was like, you had to admit this is where you were at. 
And like any mental health issue, like that's the first step is being able to admit like, man, I am here and you have to let somebody else know. And that's probably the hardest thing. Mm -hmm. The first hurdle to get over is letting somebody else know, especially your parents. Yeah. (laughs) And then the second thing is because the bullying didn't go away after you told your parents, Mm The second thing is like, okay, it's not going away and I'm going to have to start coping. I think that journaling is huge. I always think like, that's one of the things I tell kids too is because most of us aren't really willing to talk to people, Mm -hmm. but it's a way of getting your feelings out Mm -hmm. without having to tell another human being. Yep. Um, Journaling, I always think is a good thing because there's, as you no, I, you, you know, you talked that you had thoughts of suicide. Um, but I see many at sixth grade mm-hmm. that like self-harm becomes a huge thing. So it's not, they're having suicidal thoughts, but they're really, it just is self-harm. Mm-hmm. And so it's, did you, did you struggle with anything else? Like, how did you get from sixth grade <laughs> those thoughts to like even probably your junior year was that when you won outstanding team yeah Yeah. so how did you go from sixth grade to your junior year and that coping like what kind of things what would you what advice would you give to like a 14 year old yeah that's a tough that's a tough one huh (laughs) but I would say I really had to find myself um, when you're in sixth grade, you don't really know who you are. And then even like leading into my high school, my high school years, and even my middle school years, um, I found my, we're high school sweethearts now, but my boyfriend and I started dating in eighth grade. And I really think that he was almost like a saving grace to a certain extent, because I didn't have that best friend that was mm-hmm. like, you're beautiful, just the way you are. Like, you know, God loves you for who you are. You don't need to change for other people. And he definitely helped me kind of get past that hurdle. And I think we helped each other. And so going through those years, it was nice to have somebody to just lean on. And Mm -hmm. I think that's so important with our school systems. First off is to make sure we're educating the people that work at the school on how to deal with kids that are being bullied or going through mental health issues, because Mm -hmm. we all need that person to lean on. And it took a lot for me to step on the stage and compete in my first pageant because that's the first time that anybody publicly heard my story. And so I think it just took a lot of self-development to get to that point and just being confident in who I was in my own skin and just through who God made me to be. Yeah. When we were at camp, the second week of camp, we had a speaker come in and he said the root of most issues was we just don't love ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like you don't feel like you're worth loving. Mm -hmm. And so that's when we start filling in with negative stuff because we don't feel like we love ourselves. And he described it as if you could open up your heart enough for God to love you, then his love will start making you love yourself. Mm -hmm. And we also talked about healthy relationships. Yeah. And that means, you know, not just boy girl relationships or any kind of romantic relationship, but like healthy friendships, Mm -hmm. like a healthy friendship is somebody that might have to intervene if they see you struggling, you know, or holding you accountable for, you know, your actions and stuff. So how did you take that? How did you take a step in faith, even though you weren't raised in that? 
How did that, what did that look like for you? Yeah. So my kind of faith journey was, you know, my family is the type that will pray at like Thanksgiving dinners or, you know, Christmas dinners and stuff. So it's not that I was clueless about who God was, but it was really my freshman year of college. I purposely left high school and my dance career kind of not wanting friends from that group anymore. And it was nothing intentionally about who those people were, but it was about who I wanted to become. And I really had to distance myself from them. And so my freshman year in college, I felt really alone because I pretty much was starting from ground zero and left everything behind that I knew for, you know, five, six years of my high school career. And so I just started feeling really alone. And at the time, my boyfriend, you know, he grew up in a more of a Christian home and I was, I started talking to him about it. And I was like, I think I just want to go to church. And the first day I walked in those doors, like I was nervous because, Mm -hmm. you know, you hear like, oh, church is like this and it's like culty and clicky and, you know, all of the things. And um, I just remember leaving there feeling like I wanted to know more about like who God was. And so it really just started that day of me walking into that church um, and realizing that I was, I wasn't seeking friends, even though I thought I was, I was just seeking to be accepted by somebody Mm. bigger than me. And so I think it just me making that decision to leave everything I'd ever known behind as far as friends go and taking that step made me realize that I was missing something a lot bigger than just friends. Oh, that's, that's huge. I was just telling somebody today that in my leadership book, it talked about how we have to spend time in solitude by ourselves and somewhat in silence for us to allow God to speak to us Mm -hmm. and to like, that's when we grow is like in those, in those moments and figure out who we really are really at our core, Mm -hmm. who we really are. And accepting that this is how God made us Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really matter what the rest of the world says or does and you don't have to fit that mold Mm -hmm. I mean there's times that you know last year I went I was in a virtual conference like we were all online right Mm -hmm. I'm sitting on my couch in sweats why would I get (laughs) dressed up for a virtual conference And it was about being a Christian speaker and whatever. And here I am with a podcast anyway. And we got like a free half hour coaching afterwards. And the lady that ran the meetings, particular meeting I was in, like, this is what she does for a living, right? She is much older than I am, but that's beside the point. Well, maybe not. And she said in my personal coaching meeting, she was like, Jamel, you might want to get a little more dressed up. And I said, well, I was sitting on my couch and it's a virtual conference. But when I go to certain things, like I dress, whatever, if it's a professional interview, I do, you know, when you are on stage, you're not sitting in a, you're not on shorts and a tank top, right? (laughs) You know, that you are comfortable in what you are and you know, what's appropriate and you don't have, but you're still not fake. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I think that as, as I watch social media is obviously a huge thing, period. And we, we can talk the bad about it, or we can talk the good about it, is that authenticity to me seems to be the key, mm-hmm. right? The yep. key in your life mm-hmm. of um, you have to be authentic. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just living a lie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, young people, even people your age, 
are are looking at others thinking that's the image they have to live up to like what have you found in in your adulthood and maybe even in the in the pageant world and following other people like do you see a lot of fakeness oh yeah for sure i was actually asked about this in my miss indiana interview this year about like how social media has kind of made your mind switch over the past year like through the pandemic and everything and you know, I think for me, it made me realize that people are attracted to people that are real. And I think that goes in any world, not just pageantry, but people in sports. I mean, even guys, football players, you know, volleyball players, dancers, everybody to a certain extent has some sort of fakeness about them. I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm perfect. I mean, not, not whatsoever, but I definitely have seen that. And I think it's just one of those things where you have to take a step back and try to understand who they really are behind what they're posting on their social media or what kind of makeup girls are wearing or how they're making their bodies look on Instagram, even guys. I mean, oh yeah, you know, everyone's posting pictures of them flexing these days and like hot girl summer and stuff. And I think it's just so sad that we have to put that stereotype up rather than just being comfortable for who we are. Yeah, I totally agree. Like there's, there is that, I mean, we didn't have that 20 years ago. Um, but you are drawn to people that you can, you can tell. I always feel like there's something inside of you that can tell when people are real mm-hmm. and when they're just, they're not being their true selves. Mm-hmm. And we are drawn to that. And we want to feel like there's somebody else out there that understands what we're going through, that mm-hmm. they know what it's like to be, to be whatever, to be mm-hmm. bullied, to be, an elite athlete to be struggling in their family, whatever the case is, is that to know that you're not alone. Cause when you're in it, you feel like you're totally alone. You feel like Mm -hmm. nobody would understand what it feels like. Right. Those of you that can't see me, because this is a podcast, I have extremely curly hair. (laughs) It is naturally curly. People have said to me, you should get it straightened. (laughs) There was one time that I had some friends that tried to straighten it. It took hours because it's naturally (laughs) curly. But growing up, that was, I'm not going to say I was bullied. I was, I'm going to say I was made fun of. But it was one of those things that I'll never forget. It was on the school bus. I was probably like eight or nine. Mm -hmm. I I remember the guy's name. I know, I know where he lives. I know what he looks like. (laughs) And he called me Barbie. Mm -hmm. And... I'm not tall, skinny, and I don't have blonde hair. And he said, it's because my hair was like barbed wire. So then automatically you don't want to have, right? Because you're made fun of for having curly hair. Mm -hmm. I remember when I had to get glasses and it was like, nope, I'm going to get contacts Mm -hmm. or I'm not going to wear my glasses. And then it was like, can't see (laughs) and the contacts were a pain in the butt so Mm -hmm. it's okay that and it's taken like years to accept the fact that man you know what I have crazy curly hair it is totally how God made me and I'm just gonna go with it Mm -hmm. when I go to the salon and they ask me where I part it I'm like I don't part it it just goes where it wants (laughs) you know but I think there is like you have to figure out how you're gonna be comfortable in your own skin. Like that's the key to life. You know, one of the things I think as we kind of think of wrapping up here is 
I, I hope that there are people your age that are listening to the podcast mm -hmm. and that they can hear that, you know what, like one, you can literally walk into a church, even if you've never been to a church. Mm -hmm. All right. So if there's anybody out there that you're like, I think I had an episode in my last season about what would be your first step in faith. And, and I said, I don't know if I'd recommend walking into a church completely with a stranger, find a friend because being by yourself would be, did you go with Blake? Yeah. Yeah. We went together. yeah. It would be pretty intimidating by yourself. Mm -hmm. I said, but you know, you can, you can start reading the Bible. You can start asking questions and the questions are great. Mm -hmm. Questions are great. And you can find people online to ask questions and have mm -hmm. those conversations with. In the book that I'm reading now, it is talking about being fit, mm -hmm. but it means like fit as in whole person fit. I would say that that's probably been a focus for you in the yeah. last year. Mm -hmm. All right. So we're talking fit in a physical way, in a mental way, and I include in a spiritual way. Mm -hmm. So what would be some things on a weekly basis that you do to try to keep yourself fit physically, mentally, and spiritually, and any advice you would give people your age that maybe like you're struggling coping. If you had a friend right now mm -hmm. and you were like, Hey, you know, why don't you try this, mm -hmm. try these two or three things and, you know, stay in touch with me or whatever. What would, mm -hmm. so tell me about your week. Yeah. So I go to the gym every day. Usually if I can, I just started lifting weights within the last three months and Blake helped me get to that point. Um, but I wanted to overall be stronger not just the way I looked, but, uh, I really focused on nutrition the past year. And then I realized I wanted to take my health to another level and started getting more physically active, which was definitely something that I stepped away from after my high school years of being mm -hmm. a dancer. And so that's how I would say I stay physically fit is just working out, which I think also helps my mind. Um, if I'm having like a really hard week, going to the gym helps me release that for a little bit. Cause for an hour and a half, I'm listening to my favorite music and just doing something I enjoy. And so you can physically feel better, mm -hmm. not just because you're maybe gaining muscle mass or right. endurance, mm -hmm. but you physically feel better. Mm -hmm. And mentally you feel mm -hmm. like you feel better with just some form of exercise. Yeah. And that's like Blake the other week, he was like, do you feel like this is the strongest you've ever been? And I was like, yeah, but in all aspects. And so I think spiritually, I did a Bible study um, based on like who God made you to be and like what your purpose mm -hmm. is in life. And it was a 21 day study. And then after that, I was like, I'm just going to pick a, like random books to jump into in the Bible. And so I'm working through the series of John right now. And I'm literally just going through it like chapter by chapter. And I think that for my heart and my, my spirituality has helped me because there's days this summer that I haven't been able to go to church. I mean, we live busy lifestyles. And so to be in the word every day of every week has helped me spiritually um, because I find comfort in going to church and I love worshiping and singing. That's my favorite part of it. But when I can't get to do that on a weekly basis, you know, journaling and doing my devotions has helped me spiritually stay um, where I am. Excellent. I would say mm -hmm. I am right with you, sister. <laughs> yeah. I am right with you and I'm almost 50, <laughs> you know, and I think that uh, it's not about you're going to, well, maybe you're going to run a 5k. I don't know. I'm not, but there is something about like just doing something physically for yourself, whatever your level is and knowing your level 
And then you do physically feel better and nutrition plays a huge role. And I don't think we all realize what a huge role it plays Mm -hmm. and the habit of, I've always been a journaler way back when I was a hot mess in high school, I was a journaler um, and continued like throughout my adulthood. As a matter of fact, um, a few years ago, I made, it might've been four years ago, I actually started writing scripture every day. Mm -hmm. So whatever devotional I was seeing, I would write a verse every day. Mm -hmm. I'm horrible at memorizing, not going to lie about that, but it became like a habit. Mm -hmm. And once you develop that habit, like now it's just, it's pretty normal. And then you have to kind of freshen yourself up of like, oh, okay, I've done this study or this devotional. Mm -hmm. Now I want to do something different or more in depth. Sometimes you can do things with a group. Sometimes you can do things by yourself. It all really depends. Do you follow an online app or? I don't. You don't. So you're hardback book kind of girl. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Great job. So am I. Yeah. I I do find, I do have an app for a devotional, um, but otherwise I'm a book collector and note taker and highlighter and, and everything. And it's never too late to get started. And if you struggle and you've, and you miss a day or you miss a few days, you know, one of the things is we can't beat ourselves up Mm -hmm. and God loves us no matter what he knows where (laughs) we're at. He knows what we're going through. I have had the same thing with like, church and whatever over the last couple years um Mm -hmm. definitely like i'm too i'm very busy Mm -hmm. but to stay in touch and to have somebody that holds me accountable for my spiritual growth as well is ridiculously key yeah all right so lindsey brown tell everybody where they can find you in the social media internet world oh geez I'm not very famous. You don't want you don't want people to find you. You want people <laughs> yeah. to find you. So my Instagram is at Lindsay Sue Brown, and then um, my platform page is at Take a Walk in Their Shoes, all lowercase. And then other than that, that's really all I got. I'm, I'm gonna very, very I'm gonna social. say that I'm gonna tag that on my page, but I'm not really sure I know how to do that. So hopefully you all can find that. Okay, everybody. I hope you are having a cool summer. Here in Northeast Indiana, it could be 90 degrees one day and then 70 degrees the next. Um, But we're, oh, but don't worry, it's gonna be humid no matter what the temperature is outside. So I hope you're having a great summer. Don't forget to have fun, but be safe and love God. Love God and allow him to teach you to love yourself. Until next time, bye everybody. Bye.